This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 149. This magical one way of creating wealth in whatever industry it is. There's no such thing. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, the man, the myth, the... Yeah, he's not a legend. No. It's Brandon Turner. What's up, Josh? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Very excited. I'm coming to you from the new studio, the new world headquarters of Bigger Pockets. We actually moved. We oh, moved. We got a new office. That's right. I remember we talking about that last week. Congratulations. You moved. You haven't been around for like weeks because you've been putting Ikea furniture together and that's other stuff just like not that. true. That's just not true. That's <laughs> okay. just not true. Okay. There was one day you were putting Ikea furniture together. Yes. 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 Okay. So yeah, things are good, man. We get, we're, we're excited. The new office is great and things are good. You know, you, you're off to, uh, Jet set yourself into, uh, what is it, Ireland? I am going to Ireland, but by the time the show airs, I will be back home. But uh, I am going to Ireland tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah we we'll miss go, you. I'm going to go play with some leprechauns and, I don't know, nice. throw them nice. on a rainbow wait, wait, or something. Wait, I don't know what that is. Way to be stereotypical. Way to be stereotypical. It's awesome. And drink, yeah, Guinness, I'll drink, some while, yeah, yeah. drink some Guinness while I'm playing with a re- leprechaun. So, there you go. Anyway, yes. um, yeah, so things are good. Should we do today's quick tip? Quick tip. What is today's quick tip? Today's quick tip is something that uh, we just introduced a couple weeks ago, and I just wanted to share. For those people who are using the Bigger Pockets analysis software, like the rental property calculator or the house flipping calculator, the wholesaling calculator, you now have the ability to share a link, a kind of a private link that you can you can get. Uh, it's on the bottom of the report page, and like the you know on page four of the report, you can share that link with anybody, like a partner, spouse, lender, whatever. You just get this link, you copy it, and then you send it an email or whatever, and anybody can look at that link then that you send it to. It's just a nice way to be able to share your report. So if you're doing a report, like I'll do one sometimes and send over the link to my wife and say, hey, check this out. And then she can go and look at that same report that I just generated and we can talk about that deal. So just kind of a a quick, easy, uh, simple way to get your analysis a little bit more, another set of eyes on it. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through rent to retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. We need to double check with Zach, rental retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? (laughs) It's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to renttoretirement.com today. 
Finding rental property insurance has been a headache for the past few years. You know the feeling. You're scrambling, calling 20 different insurance agencies in a dozen different cities, struggling to protect your portfolio at the right cost. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that'll change everything. Veteran investors don't go through the everyday insurance companies. They just use NREG. NREG, that's N-R-E-I-G, provides insurance solely for real estate investors. They've built the largest insurance program in the country for residential tenant-occupied, vacant, and renovation properties. The best part? You can put all your properties on one insurance schedule and one monthly bill. And you can add, change, or remove properties without having to cancel one policy and purchase another. They insure properties from single-family rentals, up to 20-unit multifamily dwellings, vacation rentals, mobile homes, condos, and more. Trade catchy jingles for cash flow with insurance made for investors. Visit nreg.com slash bppod to request a proposal. N-R-E-I-G dot com slash B-P-P-O-D. Guys, really quick, if you want to be a guest on the Bigger Pockets podcast, go and check out biggerpockets.com slash guest. There is absolutely zero guarantee that you're going to be on the show <laughs> if you fill out that form. However, we're always looking for guest ideas. So, you know, if you if you want to put yourself up in the running, please fill out the form. And uh, if we think you're interesting or if we can fit you in some way, we'll do that. Or and if you're a nationally syndicated radio, radio host, host that has millions of people listen to yeah, them every week. But, but, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. Yeah. And just because we don't pick you doesn't mean you're not interesting. It's not a validation of... We still like yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So speaking of nationally syndicated radio hosts, today's show features Clark Howard, a nationally syndicated talk show host. He's a consumer expert. His goal is to try to help you keep more of the money that you make. He talks about ripoffs, uh, spending less money, save more money. He's, he's a great guy, awesome personality. He's got a huge, huge following nationally. He's put out tons of books. He's been on TV. He's been all over the place. I used to watch. I used to seriously watch him all the time. Like it was like my daily ritual. I'd watch the Clark Howard show on HL. It was called HLN News. It was like yep. CNN's sub one. Anyway, I watched that all the time. Like there you go. Years. So yeah, it's pretty cool to have him on today. And he's a yeah. real estate investor. So he is. He is, and that's that's uh, that's the fun of all this. So uh, we're really excited to have him. And let's uh, let's just bring him on and get into this thing. All right, Clark. Welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you here. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is weird talking to you. I watched you on uh, TV for years, like the, the headli- <laughs> headline news, and like I-, I love that stuff. So this is this is surreal. Well, it's scary for small children to see me on TV. <laughs> I don't have a face for TV, but uh, I've done on, it for years. Oh, you know, cool. I've been doing TV either as a reporter, an anchor, or a host for twenty-five years now. Wow! 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 That's, that's, a, that's uh, a long time on TV. That's impressive. Yeah, that's that's good. So you, but you are a radio guy more than anything, correct? Well, I've been doing both since um, I started in radio in 1987, started in TV in 1991, and uh, started my newspaper column in 1990. So I've been doing all for all three for a very long period of time. In 1990, I was not quite in diapers, but pretty pretty darn close. (laughs) You still might be, Brandon. I'm 60. You know, I'm a pretty old guy. (laughs) And Clark's getting close to the point where he'll need some diapers himself. So, you know, that's right. You know, it's funny because you reach that point in life where you start looking for generics so that you know when that time comes, you wear them, you're ready. <laughs> All right, man, let's, let's talk about your story really quick. So radio, TV, newspaper, but you started in the travel agency business, right? Yeah, well, it goes back one step further. I was a social worker right out of graduate school okay. and a social worker for several years, and then the airlines had, this won't make any sense to you, but the government used to decide every flight that an airline could fly, every fare they could charge, and what time of day the flight could go. Nice. And when airlines were deregulated, at the point they were deregulated, nobody ever flew. I mean, only the very, very wealthiest of people in the United States or very, very top executives would get on an airplane. It was an extreme luxury. Well, I believe so much in free markets that I thought, you know, you deregulate the airlines, it's going to absolutely come alive as an industry. So I decided to become a travel agent, went to school to learn how to be a travel agent, worked for one for a while, and then opened my own, my first one when I was 25, and then another and another, and I kept building up new locations as the travel industry went from being basically asleep 
to totally alive with, and now that we only have just a few small airlines, four airlines control 80% of travel in the country, four giant airlines. Back then we had more than a hundred airlines all competing for customers. And so it was a great business to be in because there were huge commissions I was getting in my travel agencies. And then people from one of the national chains came and bought me out and kicked me out the door on the day that we closed. <laughs> wow. And I moved to the east coast of Florida and became a beach bum. Nice. Ne- never had an intention to work again. Was just having a good time at the beach. And then for obscure family reasons, I had to come back to my birth home of Atlanta, gave up the beach, and I was doing nothing. And then I got a call from a radio station asking me if I'd be a guest on a travel show they had. And I did that one Sunday, and that led to another and another and another. And one thing I've not mentioned, even when I was a social worker, I was really entrepreneurial. I bought my first foreclosure when I was 22 years old. I learned to invest in stocks when I was in my early 20s. And so I had the entrepreneurial thing and then opened my own business when I was 25. So the radio station pretty quickly gave me a weekday show called Cover Your Assets, which was a weekday show (laughs) about money and investing in real estate. And that really launched everything that I do now and have done ever since. That's cool. I retired at 31. And when I retired, I never had an intention to work again. And now I work multiple jobs. So (laughs) how do you explain that? That's funny. It's that entrepreneurial bug, man. We can't, uh, we can't stop. You can't put that genie back in the entrepreneurial bottle. I just, yeah. I love, I see opportunity and I just have to grab it. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. Cool. Well, let, well, let's talk about the, the real estate. So you, you bought your first foreclosure at, at 22. What, what was kind of, what was the mindset? And then has that continued? I, I believe we, we did some reading that you've also done a bit of investing Hopefully, that's not all that you did in, in the world of investing, but tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well, I have nine real estate properties, okay. and I have um, a pretty widespread investment portfolio in stocks, bonds, index funds. And so I am, I am at base at heart someone who is an investor and an active participant, in particularly in the real estate. I have multiple rental properties. And so what I've always done is when the market has tanked, like I had a, okay, I'll tell you a funny story. What's funny to me. (laughs) Back in 04 was when I started feeling that we were going to have a real estate bust. And it happened because a guy called in my radio show and it was like an epiphany because I'd had all these people calling about investing, investing in real estate during the bubble. And this guy was calling me about buying a property in North Fort Myers, Florida, that was a condo that was only a figment of the developer's imagination at that time. And he was asking me if he should buy 10 of them in this one building. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, because we were in the no money down freak out craze where there was was no documentation. You could buy anything just by having a heartbeat. And at that moment, I was like, this is not going to end well. But the clincher for me later that year was there was a survey where people were asked, what was the value of real estate going to go up each year? And people believed that for eternity, it was going to go up 20% a year. (laughs) And that did it for me. So I did something totally out of my normal character. I stopped doing my normal because every pay period, every month, I put money into a variety of stock and bond investments. I stopped doing it late in 04 and started banking all that money, preparing for what I thought was going to be an eventual real estate bust and accumulate a number of properties. So it turned out I was right. It took longer than I thought. And I started buying too early. I bought my first foreclosure of the bust in early 07. And then since then, I bought a number of others through the bus. The last one I bought that was a true distress sale was in 2011. And then values started their recovery. And since then, I've only bought one more. 
Okay, so, so I've been I've been more cautious, but I ran it up to nine properties. Hey, I, I got a really quick funny story, which was I was an agent in LA, a real estate agent in oh one, oh two, oh three ish. And for me it was I was talking with, with some friends and uh, one of our buddies is a cop and he had talked about another cop who had just bought a million dollar house. Uh, and uh, we we're all like, this is crazy. I'm sorry. We're like, I love, you know, all for the police and everything else, but like police shouldn't be able to be affording <laughs> million dollar houses. I mean, exactly. on their salaries, right. so something was wrong. And yeah, there were a lot of signals and everybody who says, oh, we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, they're full of baloney. Right. And, you know, there, there's just part of human nature. If you go back through history, we've had manias going back to like the Middle Ages yeah. and people get all psyched about something. Think about what we went through with Bitcoin yeah. a couple of years ago. And now that started again, with yeah. Bitcoin running up. So people want to believe they want to believe the story. And I've heard it with gold. I've heard it with silver. Real estate, obviously, the dot-com bust back in the nineteen late 1990s. So it's part of who we are is that we want to believe those miracle stories. Yeah. So I, I know Brandon wants to get to you on the real estate. I, I just want to ask really quickly on, uh, for people listening, how do, how do we know that we're in one of these and how do we not get caught up in the mania? How do we not get into the hysteria um, and follow the, the hordes? I have a simple rule that is so anti-intellectual. <laughs> what you do is you look when you're getting all excited about an investment or a new business or whatever, you look for that relative of yours, a friend of yours, who's the most negative person you can think of <laughs> and let them try to shoot down your idea. And if you still believe in it after the most negative person in your life tells you every reason why you're an idiot <laughs> and you still want to do it, you may have passed the smell test and go forward. Because what can happen if you're open to hearing that person is they may open your eyes to things, the adrenaline running in you, the psychology won't let you see. It's kind of like the way I look at any mania, it's like when you meet a, a new woman and you're all excited about it, and everything about her is perfect and the chase is on and you you can't believe you've met the most gorgeous, brilliant, wonderful woman ever. And then you catch her and then it's like, oh, I didn't know <laughs> that. I didn't know that. I mean, we've all been there in that infatuation phase. Yeah. So it's painful when you break up from that person or it turns out you got involved with the wrong person. It's even more painful in many ways financially when you do that with that infatuation about an investment, an opportunity, an idea. So you got to have that person there who throws cold water. My now wife, who we've been married 20 years, when we were dating, everybody told her that I was scum, <laughs> run from me, stay away from me, that I was a nightmare <laughs> to even date. <laughs> and she ultimately made her own decision, probably the wrong one. <laughs> and we ended up getting married. But she had all those skeptics telling her yeah. that I was just bad news. And so you need those people out there that help you apply the brakes and slow down that freight train you're on to do this particular, that particular investment or venture or whatever. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's good because, you know, people go to these, uh, you know, real estate seminars or they watch a late night TV guy. Right. And it's like, you know, you can get rich. You can have all this cool stuff I have if you just, you know, and they get so excited and they get blinded to all like the reality of what they're really dealing with. I mean, it just, I know you sure. talk a lot about scams. Like, do you, do you get people calling you about those kind of things? Like I got hooked by some late night charlatan or anything. Oh, I call them the dare to be rich pitch. Okay. Nice. I like that. And, and so with the dare to be rich, it's all about they have a secret system. Yep. They're yep. dying to share it with you. Yep. You get to come to the free ballroom presentation. Yep. And then, and the ballroom presentation is really all about, look at me. I drive a Ferrari. And in my <laughs> spare time, I drive the Tesla. And I have my private jet. And I have this and that and the other. And then the person up front says, and this can be you too. You can do this. And all you need to do 
is spend $3,495 to take our introductory course. I mean, you know, yep. been there, done that. I, it's funny, in TV, we'll go hidden camera to these things. <laughs> and, nice. and they all have the same flavor and feeling. They are all identical. I don't know if you remember, during the depths of the Great Recession, there were all these motivational roadshows that were going on around the country. And you'd have these big name motivational speakers who'd either come in or they'd be on the big screen in an arena. And that was all a smoke screen for all the dare to be rich crowd that would that would set up and they'd have their time on the agenda and they'd be in the breakout rooms. It was all about getting people to write those checks and sign up for the systems. Yep. Okay, so here's the thing I always tell people. If you are presented with a dare to be rich thing and the person says it's their secret system and the wealth you can create is unlimited, why would they ever, yeah. ever share it with you? Yep. They're there not you know. gonna. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the 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 new the new thing where they get you to you know hey go home and call your credit card company and let's let's show that you are a master negotiator. So yep. you call your credit card company to increase your credit card limits, so that of course you have enough money on your credit card to pay for their <laughs> expensive course. It's. Uh, yeah, it's I, it's crazy. So like yep. what let's go back to the smell test. I mean, you're this consumer advocate, you know, you're somebody we, you know, we have bigger pockets. We we were founded based upon me as a real estate investor having my smell test say these guys stink, right? So we right. created this place where it's it's uh communal learning. You know, let's bring everybody together and have successful people who are actually on the ground doing things, helping one another out instead of forcing people to rely on these folks to learn. And uh, anyway, so what's, what's the smell test? How does somebody know, you know that they're in for a pitch, that they're in with somebody that they just need to get the hell out of there? Okay, so the way I look at this is with any that, that really stink, it's that there's like this magical one way of creating wealth in whatever industry it is. There's no such thing. Yep. You know, you probably have made your wealth in real estate completely differently than I have. Everybody, there are certain principles you learn, basics you look for. But just as there are so many different houses, different neighborhoods, there are many different strategies to making money in any field. You know, you can talk to the Wall Street crowd. And you can talk to one brilliant person after another after another. And they all can convince you why their investment strategy is the one you should be doing. Yep. But it works for them. It's not necessarily going to work for you. You have to have a disciplined system that you live by. But it's your disciplined system. And what will work beautifully for you, let's take an example. I'll get a call from somebody who wants to do real estate, let's say. And they are somebody who is a former home contractor. Well, for them, they're probably best off buying the worst, nastiest, beat up, smelliest home ever because they can, they know, they have the skills, they have the right subs, they know how to go in and at the lowest possible cost rehab and either turn that into a rental property or sell it. But somebody who's a white-collar man or woman who can't do anything for him or herself, me, I can't do anything for myself, <laughs> it requires a totally different kind of philosophy. And so that's why any seminar or dare-to-be-rich thing where it's all about you doing their exact checkmark system has no cred at all. Yep. Like, I could not agree more. I tell people that all the time because, you know, a lot of the guys are saying, you know, this thing called real estate wholesaling where you just find good deals or you should be a flipper like the, you know, like the TV shows, the flipping houses, or you should buy a rental property or you should get into commercial or whatever, right? Like, and everyone says this is how you should do it. And it's ridiculous. I mean, everybody has their own skills, their own time, their own talents, their own location, right? Like what works in Atlanta won't necessarily work in Seattle, right? Or Denver. And and yeah, I, I love that advice. I think people should rewind that, listen to it a couple of times because it is so true. And just so, so let me expound on that. How does Can somebody I say then, something before please, you go forward? Please. All right. So I have a friend I'm throwing under the bus right now. <laughs> I say man or woman, anything. 
but a real estate professional who got excited, knows a market in one part of the country, got excited about buying real estate in Idaho, had read something, heard something that Idaho was the place to go make money and lost her shirt buying those properties in Idaho because she didn't understand the local market. And, you know, they say all politics is local, all real estate is local too. And you got to do your homework. You got to know that neighborhood. And I'm sorry, I digressed. No, I love that. I, I, I love that. So how do, how does somebody do that? I mean, how does somebody know what is going to work in their area or what they should, we should consider investing in? It's dull and it's time consuming. You know, you don't make snap judgments. You really get to know a street. You get to know a neighborhood. You know, I'll talk to people who, who feel like they know a neighborhood and they want to buy their first investment property, their first rental property. And they'll look specifically for what they can buy on the cheap. And so I have some things I say, well, that playing that nasty relative I was talking about earlier, what I'll say is, so what do the yards look like in the neighborhood? Are people taking care of them? How many boarded up houses are there? Are are values in that neighborhood headed straight down? Are they headed sideways? Or does it look like it's a neighborhood that's starting to turn that's headed up? You know, you got to think outside one dimension and you got to know more than, hey, that house is cheap. You've got to have a sense of what the culture of that area is, what the schools are like, yeah. what's going to happen over time. I find that most novice real estate investors only focus on the fact that an individual property is a deal without looking at the, the wider sense of what's happening in the area. And so that's where I really hit the stop button on people is do that work first before you focus on an individual house. What used to be called farming a neighborhood. Yep. I don't know if anybody uses that expression anymore. We, we still do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where, you, where you become an expert in that area where you know, like there's, there's an investor I know who can tell you in neighborhoods that he's interested in buying he can go down the street with you and tell you, okay, that house has two bedrooms. It has a really crappy bathroom. The kitchen was redone six years ago. He knows every single house piece by piece. And so he can identify when there's real value. Yeah. And he now has over 40 properties. And he is absolutely making a full living doing that. He used to be an accountant. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, so I started, you know, in, in this, Josh makes fun of me all the time here called Podunk, Washington. I'm out in the middle of nowhere, right? It's like a smaller town. Like there's not a lot of investors here. I mean, it's not any of the flashy towns, but I know my area intrinsically. I know every street. I know what's, what's worth what, where, how, when, why. So I became the master of that farm, right? So like, and that's how I was able to build my rental property business up was because I know what things are. Now, other people come into my area to buy property from Seattle or whatever, you know, where you can buy a house for a hundred grand in my area. They come in and you, you know, those houses, cause I'm going to buy them later when they go into foreclosure because like they, they, <laughs> they can't handle them and cause they don't know the area at all. So I, Excellent well, they're advice. used to paying a hundred thousand for the parking space yes. at the condominium <laughs> right, right. in Seattle. Well, and you, you know, you talked about cheap, and it's one of the things that we harp on. It's one of the things that people give me crap about because I pick on Detroit. I pick on the Rust Belt, you know, and I pick on it not because Detroit and the Rust Belt are horrible places. Some parts are, but <laughs> I pick on it because you know they've got the dollar houses that or houses that are free that they want to give to you that you shouldn't be taking. Because exactly. those houses are worth less than the zero <laughs> right. that they're willing to give you. And, and so, you know, there's a, that distinction between cheap and something that has undiscovered value in it. And just because something's cheap doesn't mean that the value's there yet. And you, taught, you, uh, you hit the nail right there by saying, you got to know where that neighborhood's going. I mean, if things are turning in the right direction, okay. Maybe it's worth consideration, but you know, if false signs are pointing to the wrong way, negative downhill jobs fleeing, you name it, bad politics, it doesn't matter how cheap the house is. It's not a place you want to buy. But you know, there, there is a, a signal that I like, and that is when you have a down and out neighborhood that single men, young single men 
are going in and they are buying those homes to live in and they're rehabbing them, that's a neighborhood that I think has upside potential in uh, in any urban area. And when you see that you know, 20-something who doesn't have much money, and it's always single guys because they're not as worried about the crime yep. as couples are, or obviously women would be. They are the pioneers, and they are the early alert that a fringe neighborhood may end up not being fringe anymore. And so that's one of the things that I have looked for and has worked for me, uh, worked for me twice, and I lost a lot of money once when I guessed wrong on one of those neighborhoods, and I ended up with a property I lost a lot of money on because the neighborhood did not flip, did not turn. But that's something that has been one of my things, is looking for the young guys, owner-occupying. Right on, right on. Is uh, your I've not heard that? That's cool. So, something like that. It, it sounds like you did a bit of bit of speculation, right? You, you were doing a, a little bit of that. Are are you in your portfolio? Um, you, you, it looks like you've been buying these distressed properties. Is what well, sounds like it. Is your intent appreciation or is your intent cash flow from from the rentals, or or is it a combination of the two? Well, I have an unusual situation. My wife is fifteen years younger than I am. Oh. Which is one of those reasons all those people were saying, run from him, <laughs> get away from him. But I, nice job, I, by the way. I buy them to hold as rental properties and generate income because it's almost like when I'm dead and gone, it's a perfect pension plan for my wife to have all the money from those rental properties that are all now paid off. You know, A lot of them during the bust, I had to pay cash for. You know, there was not financing available. Yep. And so they generate fantastic cash flow every month. And that's going to be enough income to support her when I'm dead. So it's a, it's a, it's a personal yep. reason why I built that portfolio. But they're ones to buy and keep. I like that. I like, and I like the fact that you have a, a purpose behind what you're doing. You're not just, I want to get rich. I want to make more money. You know, this is why I want to buy the rentals. They accomplish this purpose. And, you know, this is the property I'm going to buy because they accomplish that purchase or purpose, not just because I want to buy whatever I can. I like And that. it's diversification for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a one note kind of guy. You know, I do the real estate. I do stocks. I do bonds. I do a variety of investing. So that you never know what part's up, what part's down. And so you lower your risk if you invest across multiple types of things. And that's why I do real estate and I do the the various more traditional investing. Hey, Clark, in terms of diversification, what would you recommend for folks? I, I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of the folks on Bigger Pockets are almost all in on real estate. You know, they, they don't want to be part of the market. They don't, they don't want to worry about all that. You know, they typically are far savvier than the average Joe when it comes to real estate. So, you know, they put all their eggs in that basket. Do you think that's a good idea? Uh, no. What would you recommend? <laughs> no, okay, I so, don't. Okay, so how, how should <laughs> they I'm be considering believer, their- I'm a big believer you never do all eggs in one basket. And so for people who don't have an interest in or knowledge about investing- the easiest lift of all is to do it on the retirement side. You know, a lot of people love real estate because of all the tax advantages that come with it. The beauty of being able to do a Roth IRA is the money that you put in will never be taxed. You put the money in, it grows tax-free. When you hit retirement age, you spend it tax-free. And it gives you an easy way to diversify and if you go into something as simple as a, what's known as a target retirement fund, where you pick the year closest when you're going to ha- retire, you don't have to do any thinking about how much should be in domestic stocks, how much should be in international, how much should be in small company, large company, how much should be in bonds. They do that all for you on automatic pilot. And as you age, it gets more conservative. The Roth, you can put $5,500 a year in. It gives you the ability to have something more going on for yourself than just a singular kind of investment like real estate. Because we saw with the ups and downs how dangerous it can be to be in just stocks or how dangerous it can be to be in just real estate. So that's why the diversification is so simple. And the simplest answer of all 
is you go online to Vanguard.com, which is a co-op. It's like a credit union for investing. You open a Roth account and you do the whole thing in less than 10 minutes. That's cool. I actually, yeah, it's, on awesome. my, it's on my agenda to do like this month. I was going to go open a Roth and I'll do it through Vanguard because you just suggested that. So Vanguard go. is the hands down, the best investment house, not just in the United States, but in the world. And doing business with them costs one twentieth of what it is if you go to one of those big full commission brokerage houses. Hmm. No one wow. should ever go to one of those unless you just hate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vanguard's really cheap. I've I've got That's my cool. funds through Vanguard. So awesome, awesome. Cool. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find a home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even on the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help you get the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You you got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light doc and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Well, we know that you're kind of short on time, so we definitely want to respect your time capacity here. Can we ask you four more questions, our famous four? Can we, can we quickly knock it out? Awesome, man. Awesome. All right, uh, so, Brandon? All right, so this is our famous four, which is sponsored by... Pat Live, the leading provider of call center services for real estate investors. With over 15 years of experience, Pat Live's professional agents have helped thousands of people just like you spend less time on the phone and more time making money. Setup is fast, easy, and flexible. Pat Live can recommend the perfect call flow for your needs and create a custom solution just for you. Whether you're fielding calls from yellow letter campaigns, pre-screening buyers and sellers, or managing rental properties, Pat Live can handle it all. To start a risk-free 14-day trial and get half off your first month of service, call 1-800-862-0002 or visit patlive.com slash biggerpockets. It's time for the fire round. (laughs) 
All right, the famous four, uh, these questions we ask every single guest. And so we're going to throw them at you real quick. And we're going to alter them a little bit, maybe, but maybe not. Actually, I'll, I'll throw them at you. And if we need to alter, we can. First of all, what is your favorite, if you have one, a favorite real estate related book? I don't have one. My favorite real estate author is Elise Glink. Okay. Yep. I know. You're her. familiar with Elise. Yeah. I was on yep. her, I was on her radio show back uh, a few months back. She's done a bunch of different books that all deal with different parts of real estate investing. I think she's brilliant. Yep. Agreed. Oh, right Agreed. Cool. All right. How about business books? Favorite business book? Is there anything that you're reading now? Not, not like personal finance, but actually just generally building a business or entrepreneurship, anything like that. My favorite book is an oldie from Canada called The Wealthy Barber. The Wealthy Ever Barber? Ever heard of it? Okay. No, never heard of I, it. I think I've heard of it. I don't know much about the it. The Wealthy Barber is about how this guy cut people's hair all through the years and heard them talk about all their big plans and everything they were doing. And the Wealthy Barber wasn't making near the money of the people that was in his chair, kept saving money all through his life and ended up wealthy, a multimillionaire in retirement. And all the people he cut the hair for he was retired. They had to keep working and had to find a new barber. It's a very clever, nice, very um, clear book about why we need to rethink our relationship with money, particularly here in America where we love to spend every last penny we make. Yeah, that's true. Right on. That's true. What about hobbies? What do you do for fun besides, you know, ventures and more ventures and more ventures? Travel. Mm. I love to travel. I mean, I love to travel. In fact, my wife and I were changing planes in London a couple of weeks ago, and there was a special I saw on the computer while we were waiting for our plane change, and I booked us to go back in just a couple of weeks with our kids. Wow. I just absolutely love seeing everywhere on earth. I've been to every continent except Antarctica and every state except North Dakota. (laughs) <laughs> You're missing out. It's, a, it's, I, I, a, it's There weren't any deals. I, <laughs> so my deal on travel is you buy the deal and then figure out why you want to go there. Interesting. I like that. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. What's your, what's your, you live in Washington State. I do, yeah. And Josh so is in Denver. Right now, you need to know that there's a huge fair war going on from Washington State to Hawaii. Interesting. And that it's sounds because rough. of new service that's just started up to Hawaii. And a lot of the fares from the West Coast, in fact, you go the whole I-5 corridor from the Canadian border to the Mexican border, you can buy tickets right now to Hawaii in the 300s round trip. I'm going right now. So you've got to. <laughs> I'm actually going I, to Ireland tomorrow, which is going to be exciting. You I'm, are. I've never been there, but I'm leaving tomorrow morning. Yeah, 7 a.m. Uh, it was like 700 bucks. So it was cheaper than normal, but it wasn't that bad from Washington. Yeah, from Washington. Wow, I got to work with you on this. That's <laughs> I treat you. Uh, all right, okay, I just went on, on like Travelocity and book something. Let's make this all about right. me. Denver. What, what kind of deals can I get? Denver? Yeah. Denver has uh, lately had the, just about the cheapest fares in the United States. So you got no problem at all in Denver. It's cheap to fly anywhere, yeah. Denver is very inexpensive. You know, as Southwest, you go to the Sea Concourse at DIA, and there are just Southwest planes everywhere. Frontier's been dialing back their number of flights in Denver, but they have so many cheap fares that they're really influencing things. And United is running such a crummy airline these days. (laughs) They're getting people in the seats by heavily discounting. And so that's been why in Denver, you've got the cheapest stuff going in the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Cool. Uh, although I refuse to fly Frontier because I don't want to pay to breathe <laughs> the air or to use the toilet. So well, yeah. my, my oldest brother is flying Frontier this day. He's flying him and he's like, oh, he's 69 years old. And I'm like, Gary, why aren't you nicer to yourself? He said, yeah, it's not worth it. Twenty nine dollars. I'm like, okay. I, I, I won't fly That's Frontier funny. unless I am absolutely <laughs> to. I refuse. Um, all right, really, really quickly, travel. What is your favorite place to travel? What's what's been your favorite destination on Earth? My favorite place on Earth is Chile. Oh. Okay, fly to Santiago, visit Chile. Great people, affordable, and just magnificent sights. From skiing to the ocean. 
I mean, Aloche, right? You got to pick each of you. You got the ocean in Washington State. You got the skiing in Colorado. You go to Chile. You got both. Nice. (laughs) I like it. I'm going to add that to my list. I'm a huge traveler too. I've been to every state but Alaska. So I got to hit up that one next year. Yeah. Cruise maybe. I don't know. No excuse for you living in Washington. I know. It's like. Not having been to Alaska, um, it's like next door. It's like next well, the, door. I can, well, this I can, is the guy that goes in his <laughs> Prius and Prius camps. He and his wife lay sleep on the back of that, the Prius. It's the funniest thing. It's really clever. It, yeah, the, All right, so it's when, amazing. So when, when you feel comfortable enough with the money, you got to get a Tesla. I would love so I went from a Prius to a Tesla. Yep. And nice. I've got, I mean, I cannot tell you, I've never spent money like that on a car in my life. Yep. The Tesla is the most exciting thing you will ever drive camping in the back of the Tesla will be much classier. (laughs) (laughs) I will do, I will do that. My buddy, Serge Chukot, who's been on the show, bought a Prius. And then Ben Labovich just bought a Prius last week. So I now got a Prius. I have to buy, I mean, a, a Tesla, uh, sorry, a Tesla. Oh, they just bought, yeah, Tesla. Serge bought a Tesla and then Ben just bought a Tesla. So now I, I have to buy a Tesla and, and you have a Tesla apparently. So yeah. And the self-driving thing oh. is freaky because you engage the autopilot and you just sit there and you stare out the window. The car drives itself wow. about 95% flawlessly. You got to pay a little of attention because wow. it's a beta right now. It's not quite ready for prime time. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, now I'm going to yeah. go waste all my money on a test. <laughs> <Good>. all, right. <laughs> all right. My final question of the day, what do you believe, like overall, what do you believe sets apart successful investors, whether it's stock, real estate, whatever, just successful financial people from those who give up, fail, or never get started on that journey? Habits. You have to build good habits. You have to have your personal life together and you can't have lifestyle debt. So you create good habits, kind of stuff we talked about, about how you do things sequentially as you're building investments of whatever kind. And you can't go into trying to make money owing everybody on earth money. So you get the good fundamentals in place and you have the confidence you can truly be wealthy. Yeah. I love that. Right. I love it. I'm reading the book, The Power of the Power of Habits right now. I mean, it's kind of all about that process. So yeah, very cool. All right, Clark, before we let you go, you have the Clark Howard podcast. You've got the syndicated show around the country. Where, where else can people find out more about you? Where can they find you? What, got anything you want to share? Well, ClarkHoward.com and we have a fantastic mobile presence. 70% of our ClarkHoward.com traffic is on people's uh, smartphones. And so there's information as you're going about, as you're trying to make decisions to shop, invest, whatever. We just pop the phone out, go to ClarkHoward.com. And it's my goal to save you money, make you money and keep you from getting ripped off. I, love well, it. I was on your phone. I was on there today on my phone. So yeah, yeah. it's true. Fantastic, man. Cool. Well, Clark, we really do appreciate you coming on. I know my mission with Bigger Pockets, with starting this is all about trying to help people be successful. It's all about trying to help people prevent themselves from getting in trouble and getting ripped off. And and so, you know, this, having you on the show means a lot. It's, it's, it's just, a, it's an honor. We appreciate it. And, and thanks well, for the thank time. You. It's been really fun. Cool. Well, I will see all you right. around. Okay, see you on the slopes. That sounds good. All right, guys, that was Clark Howard for you. Hopefully you learned a thing or two. Always good to have somebody on the show who's been uh, been around the block a few times. And, yeah. you know, the, the beauty is, I mean, he even admitted, listen, I screwed up. I made some mistakes and I lost a ton of money. And, and so... You know, this this is one of the guys out there who's you know trying to help us all out, and and he too is making mistakes. So nobody's flawless, nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes, particularly as it pertains to investing. So if you're just getting started, in particular, do not be afraid of that. It stops so many people from getting started, the fear of making mistakes. And so I, I just want to harp upon it. I mean, Brandon, you you just made a mistake last week, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I don't know. Remind me. <laughs> I, 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 don't know. I, I, I was betting on the fact oh, that... Oh, I, I don't know. I'm sure I made a mistake last week. I make a mistake yeah, every week, but I don't know what it was. We all make mistakes. You know, I try not to remember those. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was great to have Clark and, and definitely check out his podcast and check out his website. He's got lots of great stuff there. Yeah, he does. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to Ireland. Tell us what's the plan. What do you, what do you got going on? Uh, I'm going to Ireland to, you know, 
see it. I don't know. I, I heard. So <laughs> that sounds, I, that sounds exciting. You know, now I really understand why <laughs> your wife, Heather is with you. I yep. mean, you're, you're just, I'm an articulate yeah, guy. Yeah. I'm deep. Yeah. No, I, uh, I heard that, uh, you know, the movie, the princess bride. Yes. Okay. It's one of, my, one of my favorite movies. Anyway, there's a scene where they go to the cliffs of insanity and oh, yeah. yeah, apparently that is in Ireland. So I'm going to go and peer over the Cliffs of Insanity, which are actually called like the Cliffs of Mohair or something like that. Are you going to bust out a sword and start? I am going to. And my name is Nino Montoro. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Maybe. Maybe not. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> I don't have a Spanish right, so accent. You, Come on. You guys are just sightseeing. You guys are just kind of cruising around, huh? Yeah. You know, we're not going to invest in any real estate in Ireland anytime soon. Wow. Sorry. Why not? Because I don't know anything about it. And I only invest vacation in my local areas. Man. Come on. Go find a vacation rental. Yeah, actually, we, 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 are, are, we are staying in Airbnb stuff. So Are you really? We are. So what if what if you show up and and that place is not available? The guy's like, haha. I will call up Airbnb and make them yell at the person and make them find me a place to stay. There you go. That is the beauty of Airbnb, isn't it? That is. That's why I trust them more than just like a guy in Craigslist. <laughs> exactly. Cool. 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 Awesome, man. We'll have a great trip. We're excited for you. And uh, you guys, thanks for listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast. We definitely appreciate it. Please do check out the other 148 shows at biggerpockets.com slash podcast. You can check out the show notes on today's show at biggerpockets.com slash show 149. That's biggerpockets.com slash show 149. Thanks for listening. Jump on iTunes and soon, please jump on Android. Android is coming out with a podcast marketplace. So, I think it's the Google Play podcast marketplace. It'll come out in the next month or two is what I'm told. Uh, So jump on there, leave us some ratings and reviews and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm Josh Dorkin signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the BiggerPockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leka Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.